Good morning and a very warm welcome to Gart Kosh and Glenboig Parish Churches Online. If we haven't met before, my name's Gary Bainbridge and I'm a ministry student with the Church of Scotland. It's a real joy and a pleasure to be back with you this morning and to lead you in this short time of online worship. It's Sunday the 19th of April. We're one week on from Easter Sunday, one week on from celebrating that amazing news once more of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but my week has been full of adapting to change again. Life seems to be full of change and full of uncertainty in so many ways just now. But as we get used to this slower pace of life, one thing that is, of course, certain is our amazing God. And I hope and pray that as we get used to slowing down, to not living life at 500 miles an hour, that we can use some of that time to draw closer to God, to spend time in his presence, to seek his comfort and his peace. As we prepare to worship this morning, I'm very aware that it's not as easy for us to be singing together as we worship as an online community rather than in our buildings. So I want to read some words of a song to start off. God sent his son, they called him Jesus. He came to love, heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my saviour lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. These amazing words remind us that while Jesus' ministry was more than 2,000 years ago and the celebration of the resurrection was more than 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ is very much alive and lives with each one of us today. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for this new day. We thank you for the ability to worship together online at this time. Father, we pray that you would stir our hearts and minds towards you once more this morning. As we explore your word, as we pray together, as we think about some of our praise songs, may the focus of our minds be on glorifying you, O Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Our reading this morning is from the Gospel of John at chapter 20. If you have your Bibles handy, let's open them to John chapter 20. And we pick up at verse 
19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for the fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them, and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen, and may God bless us with an understanding of his word. Before we come on to explore God's Word, if you have your hymn book handy or access to YouTube, why not pause this morning's service just for a few minutes and listen to the song or read and reflect on the words of When Peace Like a River. I wonder how many of us have known a lack of peace in our time, or have known what fear feels like. A feeling of complete uncertainty. A feeling of a threat. For many, we might fear, we might feel like we're living in a time of fear just now. A fear that we don't know when we're going to next see our friends and families, we might have financial fears and worries with the impact of COVID-19. We might be fearing that our friends or our family might catch COVID-19 and unsure what that might mean. We may also have a fear or thoughts brewing in our minds that 
we don't really know or understand why God appears to be letting all of this happen. Fear is just horrible. It can be crippling, it can stop us in our tracks and keep us awake, it spoils our mood, our enjoyment. We've all felt it at some point in our lives, but how do we deal with it? How do we overcome it? How do we let that burden of fear not become completely crushing? For us as Christians and as God's children in Garkosh or Glenboig or wherever we're listening this morning, we have something amazing that can help us to overcome that fear. We have our faith. A faith in our Lord and our risen Saviour, Jesus Christ, who came, who walked this earth, who died and who rose again for each and every single one of us by name. We cannot see him, we cannot touch him, but we can feel his presence with us in our hearts. We can feel him at work in our minds. We can listen for his voice guiding us and directing us. And we can bring these fears, these worries to him in prayer. It might seem a little odd to be thinking about fear this morning. It's less than a week since we celebrated Jesus' resurrection. God's promises to each one of us have been fulfilled. Promises that were written about for many, many years in the Old Testament. Job tells us in chapter 19, verse 25, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth. Isaiah at chapter 7, verse 14 tells us, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. So we know from the texts of the Old Testament and from these two and many other examples that all that would happen to Jesus during his time here on earth was prophesied. The disciples walked with him, they ministered with him, they learnt from him and prayed with him. But of course, when did they last see Jesus? After he was arrested, Judas betrayed him. And at that point, shortly after, the disciples, to all intents and purposes, could be forgiven for having thinking that they abandoned Jesus. In in John's Gospel, we read of Simon Peter denying being one of the disciples. And at that point, it seems to me as though they scarpered. And we pick up this morning's reading at that point. Verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them, 
and said, Peace be with you. So here he was. The disciples are in a room, the door is locked. There's no mention of the door being opened. And Jesus appears in their midst. But had they really locked the door because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders? Or had they locked the door because they feared meeting Jesus again? They knew he had risen. They knew that they would meet him again. Mary Magdalene had told Simon Peter that Jesus was no longer in the tomb. But what did he do? He didn't gather the disciples to go looking for him. They returned to where they were staying. Mary Magdalene went a step further and told the disciples of her encounter with Jesus. And yet still they stayed in the locked room. There's no suggestion that the Jewish leaders were gathering together a posse to go looking for the disciples. There's no suggestion that they had reason to fear the Jewish leaders. So what were they worried about? Was it perhaps what Jesus' reaction would be? Did they wonder if he would be angry? Did they wonder if he would be seeking an apology for abandoning him at the point at which he was arrested? I know how I would have felt, but of course Jesus is completely the opposite. They might have been hiding from him, but Jesus does what he does when anyone tries to hide from them. He, abro- he approaches them. He breaks into that place of hiding. He brings them, or you, or me, back to him. Twice he says to the disciples, Peace be with you. And their reaction? The fear is gone, and it turns to joy. At verse 20 we read, After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. That emotion, that feeling of fear is gone, and the joy and the peace of our risen Saviour Jesus Christ is back with them. But what about that greeting of peace? One that's familiar to many of us. One that is shared when we celebrate communion. No scores to be settled. No debts to be paid. Why? Because Jesus has settled every human debt. Because he loves each one of us unconditionally. He knows our failures. He knows our weaknesses. He has paid the debt of our sin. The past is the past and Jesus wants us to move on. But that's not it. At verse 22 we read, sorry, verse 21. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Not content with just offering them peace, he offers them and each one of us a fresh start once more. 
he essentially takes the disciples and that opportunity is extended to us as well, back to the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve were hiding from God and where God had created man out of dust. He reminds us that it's never too late to start again with him. And that is just one of the incredible truths of the gospel. We might hide from God because of our shame. We might hide from him out of shame for our past. We can hide from him because of our bad habits or our weaknesses. But his love is so great and so encompassing that he will come and seek us out. He will not bring up the past. There will be no wallowing in shame or guilt. There's no humiliation. He will seek us out and say, Peace be with you. Our amazing God takes us from that place of fear to that place of joy and of peace. What a privilege it is to know him and to have a relationship with him. Someone said, the Lord calms the storm. Sometimes he lets the storm rage and calms his child. Someone else said, peace that Jesus gives is not the absence of trouble, but is rather the confidence that he is there with you. What fears do we have this morning? What's bothering us? Or who do we know that hasn't opened their heart and their mind to that fresh start with God? Let's bring it to him in prayer. Let's not try to deal with it on our own. Let's ask God to be with us in it. Of course, not all of the disciples instantly embrace the news. We've got poor Thomas, or doubting Thomas, as he is often known. But is he really doubting? Or is it perhaps that what we know as fake news is not such a new thing as we think it might be? How often do we hear something and say the words, I'll believe that when I see it? How often do we want to have the proof for ourselves rather than taking someone else's word for it? But of course, Jesus does not allow that tension to stay, that tension to build. He does what he does for the rest of us. He goes and he seeks out Thomas and invites him to see and to believe. How does Thomas respond to the invitation from Jesus? As Jesus says, stop doubting and believe, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Thomas responds to Jesus in worship and in praise, just as each one of us should also respond to Jesus. He praises him, he thanks him. And Jesus in response replies, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not yet seen and yet have believed.
Thomas's reaction to Jesus is not unusual. So many people look for something that they can see before they will believe. The challenge for us quite often is to develop and to grow in our faith without seeing. To place our faith, to place our fears in Jesus and to let him turn them into joy and into peace. The passage continues, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel stories allow us to see, to hear, to feel what Jesus' ministry was like. They give us a way in which we can seek out Jesus, a way in which we can come to believe. We have an open invitation from him. And in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, we read, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. The season of Easter and the stories of Easter are an act of recreation. They're an act of allowing us to start afresh once more with Jesus, with our journey with God. More than anything else in the world, Jesus wants to stand before each and every one of us and say, peace be with you, and to breathe the Holy Spirit on us and bring us that new, fresh start and that new beginning. If any one of us is in a position or a situation where that's what we need, this morning. Let's take a moment to pray, to allow Jesus to breathe his spirit on us and to bring that peace to each of us. In these times of challenge, in these times of uncertainty, never before has the world needed the peace of Jesus, probably quite as much as we do now. May we know his peace May we know his love and the joy that the relationship we have with him brings to each one of us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, if you have access to YouTube or have your hymn book handy, why not pause the service just for a few minutes and listen to the words of be still for the presence of the Lord. Let's take some time now to still our hearts and minds and to bring our fears, our worries, our thanks, whatever is on our minds to God. Let us pray. Loving God of great blessings, 
We thank you for the promise of Christ Jesus. We thank you for the example by which we can live our lives. We thank you for the perfection of your holy glory and for all that you do for each one of us. Father, in these times of challenge, in these times of change and uncertainty, we thank you and praise you that you are the same yesterday as you are today, as you will be tomorrow. We thank you that you have blessed us with the faith to believe that which we cannot see. And we thank you for your grace and your mercy that is shown to us in abundance as we try and often fail to grasp just how great your love is for us. Father, we thank you for your sustaining strength as we live our lives day in and day out. Lord God, we know that this world and your creation is groaning and struggling. And so, Father, we want to pray for all those who work in our health services, our doctors, our nurses, our porters, the lab technicians, the guys and girls who are distributing PPE and those who are doing so many other tasks that help the service to function in the background. Father, we pray for strength, we pray for protection and for wisdom for each one of these folks. We ask that they would know your love and your peace as they go about their work. And Father, we pray on for all those other key workers who are helping to keep our country moving at this time. Those who drive our buses and our trains, those who serve us in our shops and the lorry drivers that keep our shops topped up with food. Those who empty our bins and provide the services that we need for our lives to continue on. Will you be with them? Will you keep them safe and protect them? And will you help them to keep doing what they're doing? And Father, we bring before you just now all those who are suffering from coronavirus or from any other form of illness. Father, will you send your Holy Spirit to be with them? Will you comfort them and their loved ones? And will you strengthen them for the journey ahead? We pray that your Spirit will help people to recover from illness and that they will know the peace that comes from you, our God. Father, we pray for all those who are in leadership roles in our church, and we thank you for all that they do to help keep our church moving and organised. Father, we pray especially for Dave and for Kath and for the children, and we'd ask that Dave would know and feel your presence with him, as he continues his journey to better health. Father, we thank you for the power and the privilege of prayer. We thank you that you invite us to pray to you and that you hear and answer our prayers. We bring all these prayers spoken just now and the unspoken prayers of our hearts and our minds to you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. 
Amen. That brings our short time of worship together this morning to a close. And I hope and pray that you have enjoyed our time together. As we prepare now to go into whatever the day in the week ahead has, I pray that you will know the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, this day and forevermore. Amen.